What an appropriate response to Rush Limbaugh's horrible announcement yesterday. To salute him, I think the Democrats just kicked off Operation Chaos on themselves in Iowa. We're going to talk about Rush. We're going to talk about Iowa. We're going to talk about the State of the Union and impeachment. There's a little going on in America right now, and we're joined by Ted Cruz, live from Washington in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We welcome to the program Senator Ted Cruz. How are you, Senator? Glenn, I'm doing fantastic. How so are you doing? I, I was watching. I uh, was watching last night, and I remembered being at the caucus for you in yeah. Iowa, yeah. and what a bizarre system that is. Last night, uh, I think the Democrats showed us that. Oh, they're on top of the uh, securing the election <laughs> results. Holy cow! Uh, it, it is an absolute mess. It is. It is chaos. And, you know, I got to say, I really feel for, for all of the thousands of volunteers. You know, you've got candidates who've spent a year or more crisscrossing yeah. the state. And, and as you know, you've got volunteers. We had people come from Texas, from all over the country in 2016, basically move to Iowa, stay in dormitories, and go out in, in blizzards, knocking on doors, making phone calls. They poured their hearts into it. And, and it's not too much to have at the end of the night an election <laughs> result. No, and, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a nice benefit. I, I cannot imagine the frustration, the anger they're feeling. So, Ted, what is your, I mean, the, let me give you some of the, uh, the headlines. Uh, Republicans gloat over Iowa caucus meltdown. You're actually, this is from CBS <laughs> News, you're, you're mentioned there. Are you gloating? A little bit. <laughs> I don't think there's anything... I don't uh, well, okay, so it's interesting they say that. I've said a total of one thing today on that, which is I sent a tweet as I was driving in this morning, mm-hmm. and my tweet pointed out that, that Dems today can't even stand at a gymnasium and count who's standing under which sign. Right. These are the people they want to put in charge of our health care and right. everything else in our I lives. Know. No, thank you. No, thank like, you. These guys, it, it ain't that complicated. Right. You know, student council, okay, everyone for Joey, everyone for Susie. Raise your hand. We're done. <laughs> and these guys can't right. do that. But don't worry. We'll keep you alive. Right. We'll keep your mom alive. Right. We'll decide everything in your yeah, life. Yeah, no, we're, we're smarter than you. That the age of the socialist put these geniuses in right. charge of everything that matters to so, you. So um, the other Washington Post said, Conservatives spread false claims on Twitter about electoral fraud as Iowans prepare to caucus. You know, at this point, we don't have any evidence of fraud. And I had an old boss of mine who used to say, never explain anything with malice that could be explained with incompetence. Yes. I think these guys just screwed up. It's actually one of the reasons you and I are both really skeptical of big government. Right. Because it screws everything up. So let's have it do what it needs to do. But other than that, leave everything to the people. And and it's, uh, you know, I'm sure there were a bunch of smart people who had a great plan and they had an app. I think it's called Shadow. So yeah. that, not, Shadow, now, if that doesn't give you confidence. So now apparently these are the Peter Pan Democrats because they can't find their shadow. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let, me, so let me go into just 
Because I, I, I think it's incompetence. I don't think there's anything going on. But if on the I, other hand, it may be the secretive um, Joe Biden Illuminati yeah. uh, working to snuff out the the Bernie revolution. Right, it, that, that's entirely yeah. possible too. Yeah, right. Um, if, <laughs> and I if I were, had blue hair and dreadlocks and and things pierced all over my face, right. I would believe. That. I would believe that too, um, especially after the um, uh, the paper, the leading paper. They always come out in Iowa, Des Moines Register, and they come out and they say. Uh, you know, right the day before, here's the here's here are the poll numbers. Well, we now know that uh, the poll numbers uh, that were spiked uh, were this, and this has now been confirmed: Bernie Sanders twenty two, Elizabeth Warren eighteen, Put, uh, Pete Buttigieg at sixteen, Joe Biden at thirteen. Wow! So you put that together. With what happened last time, where they really were, you know, torching, doing everything they could, it seemed, uh, to take down Bernie Sanders. You're a Bernie Sanders fan. You're even a Elizabeth Warren fan. This does nothing to help you believe in the party. Well, look, there's no doubt that, that the Democratic Party machinery is terrified of Bernie and they're terrified of Warren. Um and the problem is the base of their party is enthralled with crazy leftist ideas. Mm-hmm. The base of their party is angry. They've got pitchforks. They've got torches in the street. And so we saw four years ago the Democratic Party did everything they could to stop Bernie then. And, and part of it is, look, Democrats are statists. They're authoritarians. They believe in centralized power. So they have things like superdelegates. The Republican side, we right. don't have superdelegates. Right. The Democrats have like had a big chunk of their vote to decide who their presidential nominee is are lifelong career politicians right. who are called superdelegates who get to decide. And they, and they did that after Reagan won. They mm-hmm. saw that Re- the Reagan revolution changed the, the Republican Party, and they said, we don't want that to happen to us. Inevitably, statists and authoritarians don't trust the people. So right. the rhetoric is always the people. Right. We care about the people, so put me in charge of the people. That's their right. message. Right, right, You know, someone actually believes in the people said, all right, how about let's leave the people in charge of themselves and get government... You know, Jefferson referred to the Constitution as chains to bind the mischief of government. The modern Democratic Party, they, do, they don't believe there's any mischief to be bound. Right. And it all comes down to they have incredible faith in their own ability. They're smarter than you are. They know better than you do. And, and it's a combination of elitism and condescension and willingness to employ brute force. If you don't disagree with them... They will use the coercive power of the state to make you agree with them. Right. Um, so let's switch gears here. F- first of all, um, any indication on when they're going to have a so count? No, no clue. They keep saying, last night they were like, no, we're just verifying. We're just verifying. It doesn't take you this long to verify. This is worse than than Florida. I, I have no idea. So, so you know, I will say, as you know, I've sort of entered your world a little bit in the last yeah, couple yeah. of weeks because we, we've, we've launched a podcast, yeah. uh, Verdict with Ted Cruz. It went yeah. from zero, non-existent, yeah, number one, to it skyrocketed to number one, number yeah. one in the country. Yeah, um, we were we were, we were going to film a podcast last night. 
We were sitting there to film a podcast. Michael Knowles, who I think is coming in shortly yeah, afterwards. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael and I were there in the studio, and the whole plan is when the Iowa results come in, we'll go on and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there. And waiting. And we're sitting there. And we're sitting there. I think we sat there three hours, and we finally said, well, I don't think we're getting results. Right. Now, the nice thing about a podcast, you don't have a hard time. It's right. not like I go on at 9, and it's right. like, all right, if we don't have Iowa results, I'll tell you what, let's wait and do it tomorrow. Let's right. actually know what the results are. I went to yeah. bed figuring I'd know when I woke up. Me too. I, who the heck knows? Yeah. All right. Um, let, let's switch to um, impeachment. First of all, were you mocking Nancy? Please say yes. Were you mocking Nancy Pelosi's hand clap? Uh, you know, there on the Senate floor. Of course. Okay, good. I just sorry. Right. <laughs> Although I did have folks who were wondering if I was paying up on on losing a bet for the Nationals Astros because the Nationals did the whole baby shark thing. <laughs> right. So, okay. so it could have been that. Could have been that. Could have been that. Uh, yeah, so right. what happened? I was talking to to Mitch McConnell, and we we're talking to a couple of other senators who were there, and we we're talking about State of the Union. Uh, and it wasn't clear when the vote in impeachment was going to be, and and if it ended up being after the State of the Union, which is yeah. which it is, it's going to be tomorrow. Um, there was some discussion about the possibility that Trump might cancel the event, cancel the State of the Union, say I'll, I'll wait until after you vote on that, and that right. was being discussed a little bit. And we were saying, well, what if Pelosi won't invite him back? What if she says, okay, you canceled it, you don't get a State of the Union? So we were talking about. Well, we'll just invite him to the Senate. We can do the State of the Union right, in the Senate. Right. And then I was looking around because there's not the Senate floor is pretty small. Yeah. And so I said, well, where would we put the House members? I guess we could put them up in the gallery. And Mitch said, yeah, we could stick Nancy back behind the TV cameras. That'd drive her crazy. <laughs> and, and and that's the point where I said, now, now Mitch, you got to give her some respect. You know, she did invent a yeah. little clap. <laughs> and, and so we we were laughing at right. that. But that that was the context of the conversation. Yeah. Um, so this is the worst political strategy. On her part, I've ever seen um, the Democrats. Does does this taint Trump at all? Free Trump from this? Are they going to continue to do this? You know, in his second term, what, what do you what What so, are the results of the what, what What is the meaning of all of this? So, look, I agree with you. It was a, a serious blunder. Um, I think Pelosi knows that. She didn't want to go down the road of impeachment. Less than a year ago, both Pelosi and Jerry Nadler both said, you can't have a partisan impeachment. It tears the country apart. It divides us. I think they didn't want to do this. Uh The reality they're facing is their base is angry. The hard left base, they're motivated by rage. Hatred of Donald Trump is their all-consuming vision and passion. Right, right. And I think the Democrats had no choice. Pelosi felt she was basically a hostage of her angry base. So they went down this road. I got to say where we are politically, I think the chances of Donald Trump being reelected have risen dramatically. Oh, I think so, too. And and it's very much the same as as uh, look, when when Republicans impeached Bill Clinton. Huh? That was a mistake. Republicans uh-huh. overreached. And that, that got Bill Clinton reelected. Uh-huh. It was an enormous political benefit to Bill Clinton to, for, for the Republicans to overreach and try to impeach him. The American people said, enough already. Focus on what matters to us. Focus yeah. on jobs. Focus on, on, on our future, our family. Right. I think that contrast is playing out beautifully. And and so so my advice to the president for tonight for State of the Union is the same thing is be positive and optimistic and lay a out the future people, and and just don't even talk about the impeachment just right. look forward 
here's what we've accomplished, and here's where we're going. I don't know if, if the president, first-year Donald Trump, could have done that. But he's changed. He has become disciplined. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of worry from Republicans that I've heard that are saying, dear God, please don't say anything. But I think he's so close to the finish line, and he knows I, the gravity of this. I, I hope so. I've given him that, that advice directly. I know a lot of people have. You know, I will say, last week during impeachment, I, it was interesting. I was at the White House twice last week with the president. Uh, the first time was for the announcement of his effort to, to achieve peace in the Middle East. And it was mm-hmm. the announcement with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Great. It was a fabulous event. Great. The next day I was back there because he was signing the USMCA, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement. Mm-hmm. And the contrast of those two were really striking, where he's working on substance, he's working on policies that make a difference in the economy, make a difference in jobs for farmers, for ranchers, for manufacturers. He's working on issues that matter, like mm-hmm. world peace. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats, they're, they're just a mob wanting to attack the president. And I think that contrast, frankly, Bill Clinton... Drew that same contrast. Yep. He did the exactly same. Right. He focused on exactly right. Remember MoveOn.org. Yep. Rose up during that, and the whole message of MoveOn.org was Move, move on. on. Like like I know. And ironically, MoveOn.org is actively supporting impeachment now and is raising money for it. And it is kind of like, uh, did you, Do you guys remember the name? Do you remember like, where you read came from? the name of <laughs> yeah. your group? Maybe start a different group. Like, if you're going <laughs> right. to do that. Stayhere.com. Stay right here. Dwell on this.com. All right. Hang on just a second. We're with uh, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, in Washington, D.C. at the Blaze Studios. Uh, so <clears throat> we're with Ted Cruz, uh, and uh, we are in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, you told me last time you were on, you said... Uh, I think we're going to, I think we want, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to vote for witnesses. What changed your mind? Um, so what I have been saying from the beginning is that if we go down the road of witnesses, that we needed to respect the principle of reciprocity. In other words, we couldn't do what the House did, have a right, one-sided right, right. show trial where only prosecution witnesses are allowed and you block every defense witness, right. which is what the House Democrats Correct. did. And so what I early on was was urging my colleagues to do is if we go down the road to witnesses, and I initially just kind of kept my mind open on whether we would Mm -hmm. have them or not, but I said if we go down the road, we need to do it even-handedly. We need to be fair. We need to respect Mm -hmm. due process. That means if the prosecution gets a witness, the defense gets a witness. That means if they get John Bolton, then the president gets to call Hunter Biden. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that principle was right. I think it was valuable, but I think it also ended up playing a big part in the final decision not to go down the road of additional witnesses. And and that that ended up being an important vote. I spent a lot of time within the conference trying to get us to 51 votes to say enough is enough. The American people are tired of this. There were 18 witnesses who testified in the House proceeding. Mm-hmm. We heard hour after hour of witness testimony of documents the most important documents in the entire impeachment proceeding, which is the transcript of the call that's at issue here, the president declassified and released. And mm-hmm. so we had a ton of evidence before us. And on all the evidence, the president hadn't committed an impeachable crime. He hadn't met the, the House managers didn't meet the constitutional standard right. of high crimes or misdemeanors. And so I, at the end of the day, agreed that we didn't need additional witnesses because they hadn't proven their case. But I think laying out reciprocity, making clear that this 
this will will go both ways. I got to tell you, one of the consequences of that, I think there were a whole bunch of Democrats who were terrified mm-hmm. of going down the road of witnesses. They mm-hmm. all voted for it. But I think that it was one of those instances in the Senate where they voted yes and were hoping the answer was no. Correct. Because if we'd gone down the road of witnesses, if we'd been hearing testimony from Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, I, I think it would have been very – Democrats are terrified of the evidence of corruption. And, Glenn, let, let, let me commend you. You were one of the very first to dig in to the substance of Burisma and the evidence of corruption mm-hmm. and lay it out. Everyone else caught up to you, but you, but as as is often the case, you, you, you were ahead of the pack by, by a good Thanks. chunk. I will tell you that I have a special coming up on Thursday that um, I will share with you off the air uh, the evidence that we have. It's um, it's beyond uh, it's beyond anything that we found. We found links through um, you know money laundering. Mm-hmm. We found the money laundering leaks, and uh, there was something else going on that Congress needs to be aware of. Uh, and I'll share that okay, with you. Good. Uh, I look forward to off it. the air. Um, Will there be a investigation on on how this thing happened? The, I mean, the whistleblower shift, any of that. Will anybody pay? So I, I hope so. A c- couple of nights ago, I, I, I had on my podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz, uh, Lindsey Graham. And so invited him to – and actually, Lindsay and I had a lot of fun on the podcast. It was, mm-hmm. it was very funny, though. We, we film in a, in a basement studio here in D.C., and Lindsay was cracking jokes going, all right, if no one sees me again, I'm in an underground basement <laughs> in Washington. And, and look, it's pretty low budget. So we got these giant microphones. We had shag carpet. Mm. And he's, like, looking around going, wait, if you guys are number one, who the heck is number two? Some guy in a van by the park? Like, what's wrong with you? Anyway, I say all of that to say in answer to your question, Lindsay said on the show that he wanted to see investigations into Hunter Biden right. and into Burisma, and he wanted to see it on foreign relations. Jim Risch chairs foreign relations. Lindsay chairs judiciary. It's got to be one good. of the yeah, committee yeah, chairmen that goes down the road. Yeah. I'm on both committees. So, so my answer to that is yes. Good. We should investigate because the law should apply fairly to everyone regardless of party and people are frustrated how come people could commit corruption during the prior administration and get off scot-free that's not right there needs to be accountability thank you so much senator ted cruz will be watching you tonight at the state of the union and listening to your new podcast you can get it wherever uh podcasts are found number one now on apple podcasts all right Back in just a second, a lot more to cover. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're uh, in our studios in Washington, D.C. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Rush Limbaugh um announcement yesterday which was uh i just uh, well i'll talk about it later um our prayers are with rush uh and his uh and his family um horrible news yesterday all right we have steve dace who is now in iowa uh and he is there to tell us what the hell is going on? Steve, Iowa is making 
the counting process in Florida look absolutely professional? <laughs> what's, what's going on, Glenn, is this is central planning. It, it's, it's only fitting that Bernie Sanders likely won the caucuses because you're, you're watching his worldview um, play out in real time. I mean, this is the DMV. This is this is an election brought to you by Iran is the lost city of gold. Net neutrality and tax cuts will kill us. Rape hoaxes, collusion hoaxes, Michael Evanetti for president. I mean, that's what you're watching. And the same people that want to ruin everything else in the culture are ruining the Iowa caucuses in real time as we speak. So this is something that they said that they had, they were working on. They said, we've got all kinds of backup. There's not going to be a problem. Uh, This app works wonderfully. Um, First of all, do you believe that any of the crazy conspiracies that are going around, mainly, I think, from Bernie people, uh, because if I were a Bernie person and they treated him like they did last time and now he's winning and you're taking that away. You lost the poll. Uh, that that just mysteriously was not fit to print the day before. And he was number one in that poll. Do you believe any of the conspiracies? Or is it no, just flat out incompetence? It, uh, I believe the Des Moines Register polling conspiracy. But I think that had more to do with Pete Buttigieg than Bernie Sanders. And with the, with the caucuses, I think... You know, <clears throat> pardon me, Glenn, they, this is, they, they had an Obamacare website ready to go to. And, and I just think this is what <laughs> central planning does. This is what it does. And what happened four years ago is they actively screwed Bernie over. And so in order to alleviate that, they came up with a three-tiered bureaucracy, and then they attached an app to it. And so this is a typical leftist solution. When people don't like an existing bureaucracy, create even more that they'll hate all the more. And that's exactly what's going on here. And and I think that's the part people need to understand. For 50 years, we had these caucuses and we had one issue with Rick Santorum eight years ago when one rural county didn't count properly in a razor thin election. And it went from plus eight to plus 12 on the certification process. That was the only issue we had in 50 years. They have turned this thing in uh, to a cluster of epic proportions because this is what Medicare for all looks like. This is what your Uh education – this is like a John Stossel documentary on the public education system. This is waiting for Superman playing out with a caucus. This is everything leftists do. Every solution that they have is what is going on here in Iowa. Now, they say that this this new – uh, this new app, which I happen to have. In fact, Sarah, if I could open up this app, they say it's you know very, very, very high tech, and uh, it's, I'm just opening it up. Just a sec. Uh. <laughs> Hang on, it's just just have to. All right, now I'm. Now I'm fully connected, uh, and so I can see what's going on. I mean, what are they doing? And and why, if they said they had three different things, one, very high tech, and they blamed it on slow internet speeds. Uh-huh. Um, so they have that, but they said, we have the paperwork, we have photos of all the paperwork, so we had a three-fold system. 
you obviously didn't because it doesn't take that long to look at photographs or to count numbers on a page. So no, are you right. going to be able to trust? Are you going to be able to trust these numbers at all? Because they're clearly not telling you the truth of how bad it is. I think it's obvious that they're not that part. They're not telling you the truth. And last time I heard that sound is is when I met my wife because we met on an AOL chat room twenty five oh years gosh. ago. Okay, and so wow. uh, it, it's it, the whole thing is ridiculous. And I think what you're learning is that the counting process doesn't have full confidence and accountability that they didn't do these counts uh, properly because here's the, the, the process is with the, with the herding process. When, when your candidate's not viable and you've got to move from one candidate to another and all of that politicking is going on right there in real time. I'm sure a lot of your listeners saw this on cable news last night at caucus sites where, you know, Andrew Yang's not viable or at a lot of caucus sites, Joe Biden, wasn't viable last night. And so where are his supporters going to go? And so trying to figure that out through the process of three counts, it's pretty obvious they're not sure about their own count, because if they were, we'd have had these results by now. Now we have California saying that they have a new app, too, and they're going to be voting uh, for the first time on an app. Uh, You think that's going to change? Between now and the California primary? I, I you know, it, it's funny how we, we think that, um, and, and this is kind of the progressive mindset, isn't it, Glenn, that anything old is bad. Anything old. Yes. And hey, you know, yes. we, we don't keep doing things because that's the way we've always done them, right? That's the, that's the worst excuse to continue. But maybe the reason why your great-grandmother passed her chocolate chip cookie recipe down to your grandmother and her gran- your grandmother passed it down to your mom and she's passing it down to you now is because it's the best damn chocolate chip cookie recipe anybody's found. That's why it survived this long. Right. And, and, and right. I don't, not everything's got to be retconned and refinished and modernized and contemporized. You know, it, it's just as simple as count heads, write the number down, and turn it in. How hard is that? How do the people in Iowa feel today? Those people who worked their butts off, who who canvassed neighborhoods, who have, you know, dragged people out to make sure that they were at caucus, their vote really almost doesn't matter now because Iowa right. is the first. It sets the tone for the rest. And if I were a voter, I would be so angry that my vote, I've been disenfranchised. Even if they count it later, it doesn't, it, that's not what I went for. We went to set the table and to start this thing. And now my voice hasn't been heard. I think you've got two choices in how to react to this. One is um, you don't want to admit the entire fallacy of your statist worldview. And so you'll, you'll go to conspiracy um, because it, 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 you don't want to admit that central planning on this level, bureaucracy on this level, simply can't be trusted and doesn't work. That the same fallibilities in human nature that, that beguiles all of us doesn't go away when we put on a government uniform or we belong to a central structure. We bring those same uh, imperfections into the process with us. And so you have a choice. You can either admit that you have been a victim of your own worldview 
that what you want to do to healthcare, what you already did to education and energy, the reason why you wrecked those industries is because it's the, it, it, you don't need smarter people. Your worldview is bad. You can now admit this to yourself now that you're a first person victim of this. Or because you don't want to admit this to yourself, you just say the these particular people implementing it are bad and you go down the road of a conspiracy. I think that's the choice Iowa Democrats have today. Steve, would you say it's fair just judging by the way these candidates are reacting uh, to the potential results that are on the way uh, that Buttigieg seemingly did pretty well and Biden did not do well? I think if you, you know, Bernie Sanders uh, this morning put out what his canvassers had internally on about 40 percent uh, or almost half of the precincts. And it lines up a lot with what the, the, the leaked results of the Des Moines Register poll that were never uh, officially mm-hmm. unveiled, have to say. And it goes with the mm-hmm. trend lines, too, that I tweeted out in the middle of the night last night, just following a lot of Democrats across the state reporting from their caucus sites on Twitter. <clears throat> Pardon me, that it looked pretty close between Sanders, Buttigieg and Warren. And it looked like Klobuchar could topple Biden for fourth place. So I, I think what wow. you see out of this process is Joe Biden is a mortally wounded candidate. And you're already you're already seeing polls in South Carolina close. This whole thing about the black vote is largely overblown because I think what people don't understand, because a lot of Republicans get their view of the Democratic Party from the media and Twitter. And the reality is uh, black folks aren't watching CNN and MSNBC. They don't watch that stuff. Rich, white, affluent people do. And so they're, they're going to pay attention to the race once it gets to them. And you're going to see the candidates that have the momentum are going to close the gap, similar to how South Carolina was going to be Hillary Clinton's black firewall in, in 2008. And that's the place where Barack Obama essentially won the nomination after winning Iowa. So I, I think that you, you're, you're seeing Joe Biden is a mortally wounded candidate in this race. So um, Sanders, I mean, it was either Sanders or Buttigieg um, that won last night, I think, just by based on everything that we do know. Um, Sanders has been, and Buttigieg, I mean, Buttigieg hasn't been robbed as much as Sanders has um, <laughs> because S- Sanders could have used the momentum. Buttigieg even coming in second um, really helps him a great deal. Uh, Sanders not getting that push um, and seeing a, a a dominant win hurts him. Do you agree? I kind of disagree. I think this fits into his whole M.O. System can't be trusted. That's why we need radical solutions. We need revolution. Even the people that you have voted for all these years against those rascally Republicans, they'll try to screw you, too. I think it plays right into his M.O. I, I think Buttigieg is the candidate that got screwed more than anybody else. I think that's why you saw him out there and declare victory last night openly, trying to capture some kind of momentum, because he lost a chance to kind of be the shiny object and the new hotness. And I think what the, what the National Democratic Party is, got, is, is wrestling with right now is if, if it, it's really a Bloomberg-Bernie Sanders choice for them, which is do they think Michael Bloomberg is somebody that can win enough of their base over to stop Bernie Sanders. And if not, then time to get your, your seat in before the music stops playing, uh, you know, which is the Soviet national anthem, but you've been playing it for years anyway. Thank you very much from uh, Iowa. Uh, and uh, I can't imagine being a voter in Iowa today. Well, by the way, do you want to just touch base real quick, Steve, on the numbers of Donald Trump? Tremendous turnout for Donald Trump last night in Iowa. 
Yeah, I think they said it was a record for an incumbent president ever. And I think that's another story, too, on the Democratic side, guys, is their record turnout never materialized. I mean, they had about 2016-level turnout, not the the 2008 record turnout that they thought they were going to get. And that's with a whole bunch of candidates that were all viable at the same time. That that does not bode well for them in a lot of these Rust Belt states going forward in the fall. And it shows, I mean, I have to tell you, for for a, a caucus, for Donald Trump, an incumbent, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not leaving my right. house. Right. I mean, why would you do victory. it? I mean, for them to have a record turnout is remarkable. Remarkable. Um, okay, Steve, thank you so much. You Take bet. a uh, quick break. Back in a minute. Welcome to the uh, program, the Glenn Beck program. We're live from uh, Washington, D.C. Stu is uh, joining me here in the Capitol. We hope to be we hope to be back in Dallas tomorrow, but there is an ice storm on the way in Dallas. Ah, Yay. Perfect. That so, sounds great. But got to be back for the special, which happens on Thursday. I'm going to be in the State of the Union tonight. I'm going to be there in the chamber, which I never thought I would want to do. But I did it last year, and the perspective you gain from watching the senators and the and the House is remarkable. I think there should be a camera on those people all the time. Oh, I definitely want you there because I remember all your observations from last year. It's crazy. It is. Yeah, you see all the stuff they're crazy. not showing you. Yeah, right? you see yeah, how yeah. how are how are people reacting? And yeah. and you know, you, and the people they're not going to show Elon Omar's reactions to, to a lot of things yeah. because uh, they. Probably don't want people to see it. Oh, yeah. But but you can see it. Yeah, I can see it, and I can <laughs> report it uh, back to you. So I'm going to be doing that tonight. We're going to have our live broadcast. Uh, I open it at 7.30 tonight. If you're a member of Blaze TV, you'll be able to see it. Um, but we have our live broadcast tonight. starts at 7.30. I think we throw it over to you and uh, Eric Bowling at 8. Um, that goes for a while. Then, immediately following the speech... Bill O'Reilly is giving a live uh, reaction, and that gives me time to get out of the uh, the House chambers and down to a camera where I will tell you my inside-the-room feel and take. That all happens tonight. If you're not a member, join us. There's a special going on all this week, 20% off right now. Use the promo code GB20OFF, GB20OFF, at blazetv.com slash glenn. Do it now. You're listening to Glenn Beck. 